Welcome to Men of Sorrow's Finding Joy podcast. I am William Lloyd, a man of sorrow. Our podcast is committed to supporting and encouraging men to process their grief in order to heal and return to joyful living in the midst of great sadness. Although it is directed toward men, all are welcome to tune in and participate. The reason for Men of Sorrows, the reason why I decided to launch this podcast, and the reason why it's geared towards men, is the fact that in most of the grief support groups that I attended, after the death of my son, men were noticeably absent. And one of the often heard reports of the wives, mothers, sisters, about the men in the family was they are very angry and they keep busy. Uh-huh. And I knew why. That, that anger it feels so much better than the side-splitting, soul-splitting grief. In fact, big boys don't cry was a phrase I grew up with. But here, men are invited to cry, mourn, and express their emotions by following the example of the best, bravest, and strongest man that ever lived, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 5.7 says that during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. In Isaiah 51, Jesus is declared a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. So thank you for tuning in. Today we explore the eternal possibilities, the endless possibilities that the eternal realm and expanding universe offer us. Welcome once again to the Men of Sorrows podcast. What I've been doing lately is really trying to seek to bring comfort to those that are mourning through the scriptures, through faith in Jesus Christ. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know that my testimony is that I've been a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ most of my adult life. I sought oftentimes to go into different types of ministry. I went to missionary school. That wasn't quite the fit. I became a public school teacher, and just through years of um, walking with the Lord and Him speaking to me and learning to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, I got together with Alpha Ministries down here in Florida, and that seemed to be the perfect fit. And I became a, a pastor with Alpha Ministries and ministered to people in a pastoral setting, all while keeping my school teaching job. In that setting, I learned about death and dying through pastoral ministry courses and learned the eternal view of suffering that we shared on this podcast. You can go back and look. John Glenn and I did a podcast a while ago on that. So I had walked with families. I knew the truths of the eternal view of suffering. However, when my son died, I can't explain what happened. I believed, yet I didn't believe. I didn't believe, yet I prayed, Lord, help me in my unbelief. It just did not seem real. The idea of heaven, the idea of eternal life, another place, to me at that time, this physical life was all that I knew. It, is, it was easy to think about heaven as a faraway place and that I would go there someday. 
But when you lose a loved one, like I lost my son to suicide, everything was upended for me. And I was actually a little bit shocked that my faith did not come through at that point. I was in agony. However, I believed, and yet I didn't believe, like I said. It's hard to explain. However, little by little, God rebuilt my faith. And I really believe that God shook up and shook out a lot of things. Because wherever we are, we all see through a glass darkly, and we really don't know all there is to know about God. There were times I maybe thought I did, and then I realized how little I did know. But the conclusions that I came to is that Jesus Christ is still the way, the truth, and the life for me. He is my friend that sticks closer than a brother. He does know me, and I know him. And I've come to believe that either God loves everybody or he loves nobody at all. If God doesn't love me, then he doesn't love that guy over there because I'm just like that guy over there. And if God doesn't love that guy over there, he doesn't love me. He either loves everybody or he loves nobody. That's the conclusion, and that's what I've come to believe. And my belief in Jesus Christ and eternal life has come back stronger. If you're listening to this podcast and maybe you don't believe or maybe you are not sure, I don't want to be insensitive or a noisy gong and say that, well, if you just believe all this, then you'll be okay. Because that's not true. There is a time for mourning, but we want to mourn with hope. Today, what I was really drawn to, I'm reading a book called The Cosmic Egg. And basically, it explores the universe I also read another book called Creator of the Cosmos by Hugh Ross. And the universe is expanding. The cosmologists and those that study the universe see that it is expanding. We commonly think that there's nothing outside the universe. But if it's expanding, where is it expanding to? It has to have a space. And if God is the creator of the universe, and the scriptures say that Jesus fills the universe, the possibilities are endless. And the reason why I'm talking about that is because Jesus, on the night before he was crucified, told his disciples that he was going to prepare a place for them and that they would be where he is. And I thought about that. If he's going to prepare a place and the universe is expanding, again, the possibilities are endless for what awaits us and where our loved ones are right now and where we're all going to end up, where this all is leading. See, the scriptures do teach that God has this trajectory, this big picture, and we are all headed for something beautiful and exhilarating and beyond our wildest dreams. But Jesus, the night before he was going to die and leave his disciples, he said to them, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, or many mansions, some people translate it. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. 
I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the place to where I am going. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said, how do we know the way? And Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. Don't let that hang you up. Jesus is the way. He's not standing in the way. (laughs) The first thing I want to explore here is that Jesus is telling his disciples this. And many of them lived many, many more years. But he's telling them this as a way to comfort them and prepare them for what was coming. One of the things that we talked about in the eternal view of suffering is that when we know the end at the beginning, it gives us the perseverance to go on. Despite our pain, we're able to go on because we have this hope. So Jesus is telling his disciples and preparing them to persevere through his death, through the trials and tribulations that they would go through, and through his absence. He did ascend. I mean, they did see him again, and he was resurrected, but he left them again. He ascended. He left left this earth. So he tells them two very important things. One, that he is going to prepare a place, and that's what gets me excited when I put that together with all of the discoveries of the universe and cosmology. It is amazing. The possibilities are endless about the expansion of the universe and just what eternal life is in the kingdom of heaven is. Now, eternity is not an extension of this time frame on earth. Eternity is outside of time and space. And the past, present, and future are all together. I don't know how much we interact without knowing it with the eternal realm or those that have gone before us, if they interact. My mom tends to say that she doesn't think my dad sees what's going on here because sometimes very bad things go on and there's no tears in heaven. I, I don't see it that way. In fact, Einstein talked about eternity is where the past, present, and future are eclipsed. And my good friend and mentor and grief counselor, John Glenn, when he talks about eternity, he says that you can, you can experience the past, present, and future all at once so that in, in a way, our loved ones are experiencing us being there with them already. Now, I can't wrap my head around that, but I'm told that that's a very strong possibility. So Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you. What what is he preparing? And how is the universe expanding? And what other creation and creations and life is out there? God very specifically created this planet and created us to be on this planet. And we are at the center of his heart and this magnificent eternal plan. But the possibilities are endless for what we will experience and what we will do when we receive our new bodies and we're on the new heaven and the new earth. The possibilities are endless. So he says, Jesus said that he goes to prepare that place for us. And if we can think of our loved ones and if we can think of uh, a future of endless possibilities 
and fun, wonderful things that we're going to do and experience, it can bring joy. It's bringing me joy right now just talking about it, just talking about it. It didn't, that did not come overnight. It, it, took, it took months for me really to experience the joy, the real deep joy that comes with that possibility and the comfort from the Holy Spirit and God's presence. It's amazing. Now, if you've doubted or you weren't sure about eternal life, there is a lot of evidence in people's NDEs, the near-death experiences, that even if people that didn't believe and were atheists in this life, when they met Jesus face-to-face, they received what he had and they wanted to go into heaven. And it was obvious that they, they could. There is one testimony of, they, they call him the jellyfish man, Ian McCormick. He had the choice and he wanted to come back because he thought that his mother thought that, you know, he died without knowing Jesus or receiving Jesus. So there, there again, the possibilities are endless. You have every reason to believe that your loved one is safe and secure with the merciful, loving, creative, creative, awesome God that created all things perfectly and is now preparing this place. You have every reason to believe in reunion, in, in, in new and wonderful ways being with your loved one. You have every reason to believe that. And when you believe that, Here's the prayer that I prayed. Lord, I believe, help me in my unbelief. Lord, I believe, help me in my unbelief. And it helped me. God helped me in my unbelief. And there's no, absolutely no doubt in my mind that we have this exhilarating future that awaits us. Then the thing that Jesus said, that he's preparing that place for us, and he says that He is going to prepare the place and he will come back and take us to be with him. And I don't know if the disciples had an expectation that that would happen very soon. But we know that Jesus, in his death, burial, and resurrection, defeated sin and defeated death so that the the. The heaven's gates are open. Heaven is open. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is going to come get us. I believe that each disciple that heard him say that, when they closed their eyes and breathed their last, Jesus came to get them with the angels. And there's a lot of testimonies out there from near-death experiences that Jesus, the angels, loved ones, a greeting committee, came to get them. I suppose that it's a big transition for us. (laughs) Death is a big transition. Death is moving from one state of being to the next. And Mary, Dr. Mary Neal, if you read her book or hear her testimony on YouTube, Dr. Mary, Mary Neal tells us that she felt that the people were there to help her. And guide her. Now, she did not lose anybody in her family close to her. Her grandparents were still alive, aunts, uncles, mom, dad, sisters, brothers. But she felt that the people that were there, along with angels and along with Jesus, 
were there to, to help her and love her. And she, she used the word protection. So, and, and um, Don Piper reports that his grandfather was there to greet him. And John Burke in his book, Imagine Heaven, talks about a greeting committee that that was one of the commonalities of this commonalities of this near death experience that there was a greeting committee people there to greet people there and very excited too dr mary neal says she that the people that she saw and she kind of saw them from a distance were ecstatic <laughs> that she was there and i want you to think about that think about Think about when a newborn baby comes into the world, right? Every, you know, for nine months, people are getting all excited. And when it happens, when they finally get here, we're, there's all sorts of celebrations and joy and miracles and things. It's beautiful. Well, think about that. I don't think anyone's, I know death does not catch God by surprise. You know, it doesn't, it says that he knows the day of our death. He knows the numbers of the hairs on our head, it says. He's, Jesus said that a sparrow does not fall to the ground if the heavenly father does not notice it. And he said, how much more are you worth than sparrow? So Jesus is not caught off guard. And I think about, sometimes I think about all the crazy ways people die sometimes that we wonder, we're like, well, how could that, how could that be? Or how could God let that happen? Or that... That was definitely an accident. Whatever it is, God does not. It does not catch him by surprise. It was very difficult for me when my son Liam died, when people said, well, God knows the exact day of your death, and he's calling people home. I said, well, how, how could God? He didn't call Liam home. And, and then people that die of cancer, people that get sick, I thought, I don't, I don't understand that whole concept of it being your time. And then I realized I had two men, if you go back to the uh, X-22 Adventures podcast, they both tried to kill themselves. And the gun jammed, and they really saw it as God intervening. Um, there have been people that have been healed of diseases. There were testimonies of people in 9-1-1 where 9-11 where they didn't make it to the towers that day. And I would think, well, what? What about the people that did make it to the towers? You know, why is that person's testimony important? And what I got, the answer that I believe I got from God was, if I don't intervene, I do intervene, but when I don't, it is that person's time and I am bringing them home. When I do not intervene, I am bringing that person home. Does that make sense? Am I, am I saying that clearly? I feel like I'm not communicating that effectively. So we do see God heal people. We do see God intervene. We do see things that happen where we're like, wow, that was God saving me from that car accident, that death. So if God does not intervene and he lets nature take its toll, so to speak, if God does not and he lets the natural events unfold, it is his way of bringing that person home, calling that person home. So that that kind of made sense to me, so that how, it's not how we die, it's not when we die, it's that we go home, that counts. 
It's not how we go home, it's that we go home that counts. So your loved one was greeted. Even if, even if the loved one was young and didn't really have any relatives that he knew on the other side, great-grandparents, ancestors, I'm sure people are there to greet, and Jesus is there. And, and many people have experiences with angels being there to greet. So the greeting committee. Now, what I believe, and I want you to kind of set your mind on, and it's not going to happen tomorrow or the next day. It's the tricky thing. But remember, when Jesus Christ was giving the disciples this hope of the future, the future was way off for some of them, many, many years ahead. So what I want you to picture is when it is your time, and you're going to have your time. Nobody gets out of here alive. We're all going to die physically. We, the Western culture really stays in denial of their death right up to the last minute sometimes. But I want you to picture it's going to be your time, and you're going to cross over, and guess who's going to be in your greeting committee? That person that you're mourning and missing so much right now. That person where your soul aches and it feels like it's being split in two and that you're never going to breathe or make or be happy another day. When we're fresh in our grief, that's what it seems like. But I want you to picture them front and center with Jesus, the angels, as there to greet you. They're going to be there to greet you and they're going to be so excited to see you and it's going to be perfect it's going to be beautiful picture that think on these things paul tells us to think on these things and we know that our emotions are affected by what we think by what we believe and what we set our minds on now since my son died which was the most painful awful thing i ever faced i lost a dear friend of mine Today, in fact, today is the anniversary of a two-year anniversary of his death, Ray Savinsky. I lost him in a body surfing accident. He, well, he had a heart attack while he was body surfing. He loved body surfing, and he went out doing something he loved. But I, I believe, besides my son, I think Ray will be there. My grandma, my grandpa, but then my dad died. And I believe that, yeah, I believe that my dad, Liam, will be there. Whoever else, I think my mom will probably pass on before me. You never know. Where we only we're only guaranteed right now. So I picture the place Jesus prepared for me. Number one, he's prepared a place for us. Number two, he's gonna come get us so that when we, if it's our time to cross over, to die physically. Jesus is coming to get us, and he's bringing our loved ones with him. We studied that in Thessalonians on one of the podcasts. So we're going to be met by this greeting committee, (laughs) and it's going to be wonderful. And that's what I want you to think about and meditate on today. And my prayer is that that will produce this hope in your heart that brings you joy, and you'll want to live. You'll want to engage God is good. We can trust him with all of this. We can trust him with our loved one. God is good. 
So thank you again for listening. And my prayers are with all that are suffering the pain of loss. My prayers are with you. I love you. And I, with all my heart, I pray that you would receive that comfort, that supernatural comfort from the Holy Spirit that only God can give in times like these. In these times of suffering, we will suffer and God will raise us up and he'll make us strong and he'll make us able and he'll make us willing 